You're listening to another episode of The Zag. Eric Soap here, continuing our Teacher Appreciation Week series, joined by 2020 NLC Austin Fellow. Tiffany Harrison is here. She's in school. She's in classrooms. She's with kids. We want to hear what her life has been like the last couple of months. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. All right, Tiffany, when was the last time you saw students in person? Hi, Eric. Actually, it was March 13th. Friday the 13th. That's right, that fateful day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's kind of funny because I'm a teacher of juniors and seniors. So the Friday before spring break here in the Austin area is typically senior skip day. So Mm. I was missing about half my students that day anyway. Hmm. And did you have any instinct or a little bit of pre-planning even in that week trying to get like packets ready or a plan ready? Or was it pretty sudden and then all of a sudden the kids were gone. Well, I knew it was coming. I'm also the finance director for the Dr. Christine Mann for Congress campaign. She's a primary care physician um, running to unseat somebody who needs to be unseated here in the Austin Round Rock area. So she had been communicating how serious things were. And also um, my kids and I were set to do a couple of things at South by Southwest EDU and Uh, that had been canceled. So I knew that it was likely that we would be missing a couple of weeks of school. Um, and I really knew that we probably wouldn't be coming back, but I don't think my students fully realized that. Yeah, that's tough. And then in terms of what transpired in the, the week or two or three after that, how did the school handle the transition to distance learning? Well, it was really interesting. So that first week was spring break. So, you know, things almost felt normal. We were receiving communications from our district and they actually didn't call it until, um, you know, about halfway into spring break. So we mm-hmm. knew that we wouldn't be coming back for another two or so weeks. Um, When we came back officially that following week, um, as a teacher, I didn't have any work to do. My district put out some supplemental distance learning for students and families. It was optional, and we took that week to prepare what we would do. Um, I'm a CTE teacher, career and technical education, so I teach marketing, so I'm not a core subject. Um, And so the following week, our kids did some work around career, college and career choices, and then we collaborated across the district to do some distance learning. Um, My district is a suburban district and we opted for asynchronous learning. Um, And the explanation for that was in the interest of equity. And so asynchronous just means I don't appear on camera with my students. I don't teach them in real time. We prepare slide decks for them and they do their learning and submit their work independently. And then were there metrics or goals you all set in terms of connecting with students individually, either via, via phone or other ways? How did you track that students were hanging in there and and able to still engage with the learning in the ways that you want it? Well, to me, um, students are learning a lot right now, regardless, because we're in such an interesting time. And so the most important thing to me as an educator um, was really just connecting with my students and making sure that they were okay. I think that we kind of tend to downplay trauma. And I think this time can be really traumatic, whether students have ill family members, whether they feel like their lives haven't been personally touched by COVID-19 in terms of illness. Um, These are still really unique times to be living in. So mainly my concern is not even the curriculum. It's really, are my students well? Um, How are their minds and their hearts? Are their families safe? Do they have what they need? So um, my outreach had been to, I put out a survey for my students and we were instructed by the district that we couldn't be on camera with them. So I put in a sur- out a survey that asked, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how are you feeling? How are you coping? What are you doing to combat boredom? What are you reading? What are you watching? What are you listening to? 
And that was my first touch point with my students. Um, every single one that submitted, I emailed them back and we communicated that way. And then there were a couple that I hadn't heard from. So I went on the journey of calling them, reaching out to their parents um, and just really making sure that they were okay and safe and well. And then I feel like I'm seeing more and more stories because it's that time of year about creative and innovative commencement strategies that high schools are doing and, and even middle schools and elementary schools too for fifth or, or eighth graders. What kind of conversations are y'all having about how to celebrate the best you can in these strange circumstances for your kiddos that are moving on and graduating? Right. So my district has opted to do an outdoor commencement. I have to be honest, I'm really still quite nervous about that. Um, I think our graduating class has about 800 students and they're each allowed to have four um, family members come as long as they've been living in the same household. So as you can imagine, that's several thousand people in an outdoor stadium. So that's one way, but I think we're trying to do lots of different things to appreciate them. Um, here we have kind of neighborhood schools. So normally they do a walk through their elementary school. They get dressed up in their, their graduation gear and they walk through so the elementary school students can see what it's like to graduate from high school. Um, and so since we haven't been able to do that, they've been doing neighborhood parades. So they get driven through their elementary school neighborhoods and wave out the window. Um, and that's just a fun and special way to celebrate. We've also been doing a concept of adopt a graduate. So parents post some photos and some interesting highlights about their student, their senior graduating student, and then you can opt to celebrate a student. Um, and so I picked a student to celebrate and gathered up some of her favorite things and delivered them just the other day. And so that was a really fun and special thing. Um, obviously, there's a lot of grief around this because there's just no way to replace graduation. But I think as a community, we're really trying to support and celebrate students. When we come back, we'll talk with Tiffany a little bit more about education, school life in Texas, and also a little bit about the NLC experience as a 2020 fellow. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Zag. We'll be right back. Yeah, so definitely the most unique fellows year, and I've been involved with NLC since 2010. Uh, so I am curious, what was the shift like from in-person to virtual NLC Institute meetings for you and the 2020 Austin crew? It's been wild, but I would have to say that it's actually worked out pretty well. So a big part of my work in education is diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so that was the weekend that we first went virtual, and I was pretty mm -hmm. devastated because I was really looking forward to it. Um, and those can be really difficult things to talk about. Um, period, even in person. So I was wondering how it was going to translate to virtual learning. Um, and it was great. I feel like we connected, we learned a lot. Um, one thing was our institute was going from 8.30 to 5.30, 8.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. And uh, just this last institute here in May, we cut down from 10 to 4 because it's a lot, especially because a lot of us are on Zoom calls and Google meets throughout the week. And there's just something different about being in front of your computer that much and engaging virtually. Um, and so even though our time has been cut short, I feel like it's still so incredibly robust and valuable and we are connecting and making the best of a, of a strange situation. And then when you think about folks who might be considering the Institute for 2021 and, and you're still so much is unknown about if that can be in person or if it'll be hybrid or, or, or both, but just as a, as a concept, what do you feel like NLC would have to offer in these very strange COVID times and, and increasingly more challenging economic times as well? 
connection for sure. So I wasn't sold on the idea of NLC when I went ahead and applied. A friend told me, you have to apply for this. She was a 2019 or 2018 NLC fellow. And she was like, it's a family. And I kind of looked at her like, okay. (laughs) And at the last minute I did apply and I am a believer. I jokingly told my cohort in this last institute, like if this is a cult I'm in, um, (laughs) just because it is a family, the relationships that I've built in such a short amount of time are so incredibly meaningful. Um, and I think that that's a challenging thing to do in this world. I think we have to kind of navigate to see where our values align with people. And that takes time. And with NLC, um, our commitments are to progressive leadership. And so I feel like that is what allows for those familial bonds so quickly. Um, because even though we aren't all of the same, we have a lot of alignment in what we believe, what we value, the work that we're doing professionally, and just our personal passions. So if people have the opportunity to go ahead and apply, I wholeheartedly recommend it. Um, Virtually different, but I think that it's important to have that base of support, um, of community. I think progressive leaders are going to be reimagining a more equitable future. Um, I think that we are going to be, you know, really looking at candidates for the November 2020 election. And so I think it's really important to have that base of camaraderie, support, alignment. So I wholeheartedly encourage people to apply for the class of 2021. Um, We'll either be, you know, healing our world, fixing our world, celebrating a whole world. There'll be a lot of things that can happen, but it's important to have that sense of community. Well said. Well, listen, if you are interested in NLC, you can find all that information at newleaderscouncil.org. It's probably get you there even faster. Check that out, that website. And if you want to know more about what alums like Tiffany have done and are doing, make sure to check out the past DAG episodes. We've dropped a bunch this week featuring teachers for Teacher Appreciation Week. We've also dropped a bunch in the last couple of weeks featuring folks on the front lines of COVID work from doctors to mental health folks of people working in city government. Check all those out as well. Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all the places you get your podcasts, you can get them there. And until next time, we'll catch you soon.